Okay, reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto 10, Chapter 13. Text 8. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Krishna Sya Vishvak Pura Raji Mandalai Abhyan Abhyanana Pula Drisho Vrajarbaka Saho Pravishta Vipane Rejush Chadayatambo Ruha Karnikaya like the world of a lotus flower, surrounded by its petals and leaves, Krishna sat in the center, encircled by lines of his friends who all looked very beautiful. Every one of them was trying to look forward towards Krishna, thinking that Krishna might look toward him. In this way, they all enjoyed their lunch in the forest. To a pure devotee, Krishna is always visible, as stated in Brahma Samhita, and as indicated by Krishna himself in Bhagavad Gita, Sarvata Panipadam Tatsarvatok Shiromukum. If by accumulating pious activities, Krita Punya Punya, one is raised to the platform of pure devotional service. Krishna is always visible in the core of one's heart. One who has attained such perfection is all beautiful in transcendental bliss. The present Krishna consciousness movement is an attempt to keep Krishna in the center. For if this is done, all activities will be automatically become beautiful and blissful. Om Ajnana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Unmalatam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Nadati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripasindu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar, Sri Vasade Gaur, Bhakta Vrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from Colombia, Kali Colombia. Um, yeah, we have a, before our retreat, there's a uh, yoga teacher training. I think altogether is about 40 people. So it's kind of amplified on the side there a bit. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I have this image that I want to share with people that I think is, is really important. Um, that the goal of life is to feel a connection with God, which is a relationship. And I always had this, I had this revelation, I told you when I saw, I was in Vrindavan and I, I saw a, uh, a calf born and just saw the, the love as the, the mother was licking the calf. And I saw the, the energy and realized that, realized that we actually have um, that we really, we also have that same energy or connection with God. And we don't feel it because we're, we're covered by a particular consciousness. 
and I described, it's like the sun may be very bright, but you can have an umbrella. Um, and really, spiritual life means to remove that covering. And it, it's insurmountable in a sense because the covering is connected to our desire to be covered. Because if there's no covering, then we can't be the enjoyer and controller. Because being the enjoyer and controller, being the enjoyer and controller, it, it's, it's a certain psychology of superiority, which is ruined when you actually see the truth. So you have to become attracted to that. And one way you become attracted to that is you have to feel that somehow or other, feel that kind of connection, which often happens when we innocently come to Krishna consciousness and that's called religious experience. What a religious experience is, is just somehow or other by our karma, we're in an open place, we're in a humble place uh, to accept that uh, to accept that there's something higher than our desires or opinions to the to to at least to the point that we're seeking something called guidance that is higher than our desires and opinions that we're seeking so that there's some higher truth than the than the uh, malaise that I'm presently in and um And one way in which we're attracted to that reality of this connection with something higher than ourselves, which gives us mercy and, and fills our heart with love, even though it's antithetical to the false ego, to the sense that I'm the center and I should be the controller and that's my faith. Um, There's a beautiful ohm coming from the yoga studio and it kind of owned me out, <laughs> lost my place. Um, I'll try to stay focused. Um, well, anyway, one way that we become attracted to it is we have to see it. We have to see it in people who actually feel it. Who actually, what's that? Is it? I'll get up for a second. What? So somehow we have to actually see it. We have to see it embodied in the person who's feeling that energy. And we have to appreciate that energy and we have to hear about it. And, and that's what the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam is. We study the other nine cantos to free ourselves from attachments and misconceptions so that we can actually see what's happening and actually appreciate what's happening. And we see this relationship between Krishna and his devotees and see that, that that's a very reasonable conception of reality that if there's a God, then there's an absolute pleasure. And that absolute pleasure is love. And love manifests in perfect relationships. And there is a reality where that perfect, those perfect relationships exist. And that's called Goloka Vrindavan. And, and, and that happens between Krishna and his devotees. Um, so. Anyway, we're, 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 
listening to one of those stories, and I, I guess putting it in that context, Krishna had just killed this demon, Agasara, and it was it was a quite an amazing scene because the cowherd boys walked, they were actually contemplating, they couldn't understand, was it a python or was it just Vrindavan manifesting? Because the concept of Vrindavan is that it's 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 it manifests for God's pleasure. And what's God's pleasure? It's play. So Vrindavan is a playground. And it facilitates these loving exchanges. And it facilitates the leela and activities of Krishna, including Krishna going out to, to, to graze the cows. And therefore, there's unlimitedly new forests and new manifestations. God, Prophet said, God is not static. It's ecstatic. It, it's wonderful. So it, it, it's, it's constantly new. They go out to the forest and every day the Vrindavan just manifests in even more and more unique beauty for them and different forests and different forests. So they come and they see this giant python, but they, they, they were kind of debating among themselves. Well, I know it can't be just a giant python, but it's like a cave and this is a road and it's red because the sun is reflecting on it. And anyway, if we are, let's go play. And if we're at risk, Krishna will protect us because he's protected us in the past. And I mentioned many times that faith is trust by experience. I've had that experience. And they, and then sure enough, Krishna saves them. And this Python demon is killed. And Lord Brahma and all the demigods, they're watching this. And they're watching how wonderful it is. And then the soul of the demon merges into Krishna's body. Um, and it's just wonderful. So the coward boys, after doing this, they're kind of hungry. And, and as soon as they get out of the snake's mouth, because now Krishna has killed the snake, the snake was going to swallow them. They just start to run for a distance just to kind of get away from it all. They take their lunch bags, which are wrapped in leaves and claws, and they're staying on the trees. And they begin running away. And it's already so late. It's already so late in the, in, in the afternoon, and, and, and they're hungry. But their type of hunger is something else. You, I, I'm not sure we're, we're up, but we're not up to that part yet. But their hunger is something else. Their hunger is love. And love means how someone else enjoyed. Any of you are, are parents, especially mothers, you may have experienced that, that if your child does something, if your child enjoys a real love, you get more pleasure than from doing it yourself. Like if you really love someone, really deeply love someone, and you cook for them, but this is, this is the ultimate love, because it's God, it's Krishna. And if you cook for them, and they enjoy what you cooked, you get much more happiness and pleasure than if you ate it yourself. And that's specifically what Jiva Goswami and Bhakti Sandarbha describes as bhakti. It's the happiness you get from the pleasure of another. The emotional happiness is more related to the consciousness than the sensual happiness. So the cowherd boys, they're hungry. But what they're hungry for is to share their food with Krishna. Even we'll have a scene where they began to eat the different things. And even they taste it first, but their consciousness is, 
is to kind of entice Krishna. Oh, Krishna, this is so good. And what about this? That's also sometimes. Sometimes we love someone and we taste something. And it's so good. We want them to have it. So it's rasa vaisaha nigama kopa turoa galitam talam shukamukat amrata drabyat vipita bhagavatam rasa. Drink, you're hearing this, drink this pure love. Krishna is so beautiful. And, 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 and beauty is, it, it, with Krishna, the beauty and the heart are one. Because he's beautiful to please others. His desire also. I always mention this, that Krishna is a supreme enjoyer. This is, the enjoyment is love. What, 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 what love is enjoyed the most? The love that is enjoyed the most is from someone whom you love. So to be the supreme enjoyer, God must also love his devotees. He loves his devotees. So his devotees will, will take the food and they'll taste it and they'll tease Krishna how good it is and, and, and Krishna will want some, but okay, don't ask me again because there's no, and so anyway, what happens is that they're eager. They're, they're eager for this exchange and they're also hungry, the cowherd boys. So Krishna, of course, if he's the Supreme Personality of God and he can't be selfish, so God also thinks about others before himself because when, when the cowherd boys, when the cowherd boys, um, so he's looking for a place and he finds a perfect place where the relish, relishment of food can be enhanced by an atmosphere that is pleasing. So he picks the most pleasing atmosphere. And, and the waters have beautiful lilies and lotuses. So there's such fragrance that is enticing their consciousness. And the bees are buzzing. It's such a beautiful sound and the birds are chirping. And they find it just white sands they're sitting on. And at, at the beach, kind of to the river, and then the trees are so beautiful, and the fragrance. So right now, Krishna sits down, and Krishna's job as God—not <laughs> a job, but I'll say it that way—is to create harmony. Because there's no pleasure, there's no love, there's no good feelings unless there's harmony. And harmony requires a center. If you want to enjoy a partnership, there has to be harmony. Well, what's the center? The center is a common interest. There's no common interest, there's no rasa in the relationship. And there's true love, then there's a common interest above between them or a family or a community or a temple or the universe. So the universe has to have a center and that's called Ishvara. Vara is the circumference, Ishvara is the center. The one thing that everything else is connected to and has to be one thing, otherwise there'd be many centers. So God takes the role for the harmony and pleasure of everyone. And he takes the role in a way that he doesn't even have the ego that he's the center. So here there's a beautiful scene. It's described that it makes the earth look so beautiful because there's, when I grew up, one of the television shows we watched, I doubt, Anyone here knows what the hell I'm talking about, but we would watch a show called The Ed Sullivan Show. That's where the, the Beatles first appeared. I remember watching the Beatles in 1960. 
on the television and we were amazed all these people just screaming. So they had one from Radio City Music Hall, they had one dancing group called the June Taylor Dancers. And what they would do is they would dance and there would be somehow a camera above and they would make designs and it was very, very beautiful. So the earth becomes this exquisite, beautiful lotus with Krishna at the world and all his friends in concentric circles surrounding him. But because time and space does not rule the spiritual world, but love rules the spiritual world. So what facilitates the most love is the law that rules and not, not gravity, not space, not time. So even though Krishna is sitting in the front, his back is to no one. Every single person is looking at his beloved. And Prabhupada makes a very beautiful increase the fortune of the earth cannot be found in any planet. And everyone's looking towards the center, towards Krishna. And that aspect of praying that wants to be fulfilled, which is relationship. One is not just seeing Krishna in the periphery, but he's feeling this relationship with Krishna. And he's feeling this in a very eternal way. He's feeling this beautiful relationship with Krishna, every coward boy. And Prabhupada said that the purpose of the Krishna conscious, the movement is to create harmony individually and collectively by putting God in the center. And if this is done, it would it'll be very, very beautiful. It's always beautiful when people are united with a center. That's the concept of Sankirtan. Why is Kirtan, Sankirtan better than Kirtan when you chant with others because you have this community and you have a center. And when you have a center, it allows you to transcend the limited concept of ego that blocks love from your heart. So the ultimate reality in the spiritual world is a center and there's a community. And there's not a limited concept of I. The limited concept of I is that I'm the center. No one thinks I'm the center. Everyone has that beautiful sense in the heart that there's something greater than myself. If you enter in a partnership and a partner is selfish and doesn't feel that, that the union is greater than the individual, it ends in divorce. A beautiful family, that there's something greater than myself. And the fact is, because that is reality, it allows you to feel reality. And reality is this feeling of devotion and bliss and the, this energy between God and, and, and the nature of our soul. And it says beautiful and blissful because blissful is beautiful. Happiness is beautiful. Face or a smile, it affects his beauty. So when there's bliss, it becomes beautiful. It becomes so beautiful. So I think this is the lesson we have to learn. This is what I'm aspiring for is I'm aspiring to not be the center. I'm aspiring to Krishna's will in whatever relationship, in whatever group, in whatever place I'm at to keep Krishna in the center. It creates harmony.
among the coward boys, some placed their lunch on flowers. Now there's this community. And what's the community about? It's about giving Krishna the pleasure. And now they're finding out how to do it. And their service is to eat with Krishna. And to Saman Bhagavatam, share that sakuras, that friendship with Krishna. And to do that, now they have to create the environment. So among the, some place their lunch on flowers, there's beautiful, big, beautiful flowers. Some on leaves from trees, like banana leaves, very shiny. Fruits, some people would like cut out like a, a squash or something or papaya and they, you know you cut it out in the middle and you can put other maybe they had watermelons and you cut out the watermelon sometimes people do like that so like that or bunches of leaves and some actually in their own baskets because they, they were carried and they're putting them and some on barks of trees so there's nice bark on tree and they're they're washing it off and and then some on rocks, they find a nice shiny rock. And this is what they had on their plates. And generally the favorite preparation of the cowboys with this somehow would make balls of rice uh, mixed with fresh yogurt. And I mentioned in their fingers, they would carry Pickles, chilies, ginger, and lemon. Um, and what you see is this is ragatmika bhakti. There's, there's no rules. This is why Brahma became so confused because when you're if Krishna is God, then when you're dealing with the superior, superior, then there's some reverence, there's some distance, there's some fear, and there's some rules. So he, he, he look at this and no formality, no mantras, taking bath, no washing utensils, only prerequisite with love. And that's what, that's what Raghunuga Bhakti is. You're not acting in a pure sense. They're kind of mixed. Pure Vaidhi Bhakti is, I, I do this activity because it is a prescribed activity. And if I do it, I'll get the benefit of being purified. And therefore I have to, and I get the benefit when it's complete. And generally when you're dealing, when God is manifesting his, his power, then that's very much the Bob because the relationship with the superior is called Prabhu again, knowledge of his superiority. And it's a sweet thing in the heart. So, so it's so pure and, and natural. All the coward boys enjoyed their lunch with Krishna. showing one another different tastes of the different ideas preparation they brought from home and make one another laugh. So it says, swa, swa, boja, ruchim, pratak. Pratak, different, ruchim, tasty, boga. There's different, swa, swa means displaying their own taste for the food. So they enjoyed their different lunch with Krishna, showing one preparations, tasting one another's preparations, but all in this consciousness. So now here is that scene. They're all sitting around Krishna. They're all facing Krishna somehow. There's different types of, of plates that they're now putting their preparations in. And they're tasting, they're showing their ruchi, 
just to show Krishna how good it is. And then Krishna begins to take from different people's plates and he tastes love. What love? The gopis in Vrindavan, the elderly gopis, they, they were cooking, but they knew that their sons will share that food with Krishna. Knew that they would share that food with Krishna. So they cooked with such love in the morning. So Krishna's tasting the love of the elderly gopis, that Vatsalya Ras, and his friends who also have that bhakti, that their happiness is Krishna's happiness, knowing that these incredible preparations, so fine, was cooked for the pleasure of Krishna. They're, they're sharing it with Krishna. So Krishna is also enjoying the friendship. And this is the reality. There is a reality that is Bob. There's a reality that's thick with devotion. And people have no other consideration in their hearts. If we entered into the pastimes of Krishna before we were prepared with our present mind, we may, what would happen if we entered into the pastimes of Krishna with our present mind? We would ruin it. We would look at it for ourselves. We'd be think of ourselves. When will I get home? I don't want to be here now. I'm tired. There may be envy. Why is everything focused on Krishna? There may be jealousy. Why is Krishna exchanging with this person? But this is just consciousness of the highest consciousness. Their hearts are just completely open to feel that relationship with Krishna, who perfectly is reciprocating with each cowherd boy. And then they're just relishing. And we can see how we enjoy these activities with friends and sharing food, etc. But this is beyond any intellectual, mental, or emotional. This is existential. They're feeling that energy between Krishna and themselves. And it's exponentially increasing because it's only energizing their desire to serve Krishna. So, Rama is seeing this. And I mentioned before that one of the real purposes of this Lila um, it's the last Lila of the Kumar Lila. Then there'll be the prayers of Lord Brahma and then there'll be the killing of Dana Kasura, which is Krishna entering into the forest. His body is maturing which enables him to enjoy more and more intimate pastimes, even beginning with his exchanges with the gopis. So the, the Bhagavatam is increasingly inoculating us from a mundane, emotional, and intellectual lens, which we will see Krishna as ordinary, because in the fullness of God, in the fullness of God is his love, which is restricted when he takes a position far above others. When someone is far above others, then his manifestation of love is limited to mercy, which is not so bad, but there's no conjugal love, there's no friendship, parental feelings. So you read and you study other cantos and then you hear this, 
and you're not limited in your own vision to the Nara Lila, Krishna as a human, but it goes beyond that to understand the supremacy of the feelings and exchanges between Krishna and his devotees. So to remove this mundane, emotional, and intellectual filter, there is this pastime that ends the Kumar Lila where Krishna will reveal himself as God. He'll reveal himself as God to Brahma and to everybody else. So, so Brahma is hovering above and he saw Krishna kill the demon. That was some kind of power. And now he's just loving exchange. There's no manifestation of majesty or opulence. And he begins to have this dilemma. Because there's two things that seem to be contradictory that have to be reconciled. One is that this boy Krishna is Yagya Bhuk. Yagya Bhuk means that he eats all the sacrifices. And certainly 5,000 years ago, what happened? Okay, you can still see me. Okay, 5,000 years ago. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes, Maharaj. Okay, 5,000 years ago, the main offering to God was Agnihotra, fire yajas, and the main offering was ghee. So there was this very reverential sense of God that he is eating all the offerings of all the sacrifices. So it's so reverential. And then there's Bala Kali. He's playing. And how are the coward boys worshiping him without any formality? How are they dealing? They're eating the food first. They're standing up and eating, which is also not culture. They're talking, they're joking. There's no reverence. So Yagyabuk, Bali Keli, now which is it? And Lord Brahma is trying to figure this out. And he's trying to figure it out because as we know, there's a storyline which presents the rasa, these loving exchanges, which makes you hanker for pure love and then there's a philosophical line. Well, what's the philosophical line? Atra sargas, visargas, chas, tatir, poshanam, utea, manvatara, ishakanta, narodha, mukta asha. This all understanding of Krishna as, as the creator and his position and his protector, poshanam. And, 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 and that liberation is the goal. And Krishna, Krishna. He's the supreme person. And then we're seeing his pastimes. And now we're seeing the fullest manifestation of God and love. I coined certain phrases, position covers personality. And the supremacy of reality is personality. So position covers the supremacy of reality. Even individual with ourselves, our position covers the superiority of our nature, which is our love and our exchanges. So you have these two things that the real supremacy is love, but love does not, love and intimacy does not come couched in power or opulence. 
But at the same time, the definition of God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnibenevolent. It's all powerful. It's not just an ordinary person. But his supremacy is his intimacy and his love. And to, to exchange that way in the most perfect way where that person who can sit on the throne and rule the worlds can give you a hug. That person who is sitting on a throne and ruling the world can joke with you. That person who is sitting on a throne and ro ro ruling the world can fight with you, can play with you, can share food off your plate. But while well, this is going to be presented in the Bhagavatam, There is the likelihood, without the proper education and understanding, to not see the supremacy of personality. Because the supremacy of personality is something that cannot be analyzed. It has to be felt when you have a relationship with that person. So if you just look at God in a Ganic way, an intellectual way, you'll never come to the conclusion that it's Krishna. Oh, you will, if you can, if you have some guidance. So here's part of that storyline that Lord Brahma, who is the creator of this universe, the secondary creator and so powerful, who's coming to the dilemma that we have to overcome to enter into the higher understanding and pastimes of Krishna. So he's saying, is it Yagya Bhuk or is it Bali Keli? Because it's just a boy and there's, I, I mean, it, it's no formalities. There's no respect of position and throne and majesty, etc. So who is he? And what the pastime will show is that the personality and intimacy and love of God is not limiting God. It's an aspect of his supremacy and without it, he's not supreme. Because it's not lacking the other part, but the other part cannot be manifest when he wants to show the supremacy of his personality. So here's what's happened. He's looking at it. And then Lord Brahma thinks, let me steal the cows and calves. Let me have a test here. And if Krishna is who he is, I could also see another sweet Leela or pastime. Let me see this. So he, he has this kind of plan. Well, let me see. And then, of course, we'll get to it. And it's very beautiful. He goes back to his throne. And the gates of Brahma, the guards at Brahma Loka kick him out because they say you're imposter because you're already sitting on the throne. So Krishna manifests as Lord Brahma. So Lord Brahma had to come back quickly. And we know that a moment of the time of the demigods is, is thousands of years of our time. So he comes back and what does he see? The coward boys that he stole are still there. But then Krishna shows Eko Bahusham, the one to manifest in many. So he sees that all the coward boys and calves are Vishnu forms. So he gets the understanding and realization that Krishna, who will be intimate with the gopis, that's and playing so freely with the coward boys, that that's not limiting God. That's a necessary aspect of his supremacy. And we know it because we know 
in our experience in the world, supremacy is personality, not position. And we see the president of this, the president of that, the president of that, although they have the most power, they don't have supremacy of personality and being because they don't have love. But Krishna has both. So, All the coward boys enjoyed their lunch with Krishna. Enjoyed their lunch with Krishna because it's love. When we go out to eat, it's, or we take food together, the higher experience is to share love, not to just eat by yourself. It's to share love. So all the cowboys, they, 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 we read this, and Krishna's yagya book, and he sat among them. And it says that Marge Prickett, while the cowboys who knew nothing within the core hearts but Krishna, Oh, he's addressing Marge Prickett, while the coward boys who knew nothing from within the core of their hearts but Krishna were thus engaged in eating their lunch in the forest. The calves went far away, deep into the forest, being allured by green grass. So it's very interesting. It says, Achut Atmashu. Being engaged in taking their food. Achuta Atmashu means one who is very near and dear to Krishna, who were taking their food. The food was secondary to being near and dear to Krishna. And then Krishna went to, to get the, ca the calves. And uh, Krishna went to get the calves and the cowherd boys were, wanted to go with him. But Krishna, he was holding the rice and saying, no, I'll go. He's holding the rice in his hand. Um, I'm gonna eat, don't worry about me. You sit down and enjoy your food. And Krishna was very insistent. And it's so nice when you have a concept of divinity, which is thinking about your welfare. And I, I gave that example this morning and people liked it. And I, if I can remember it, that what Krishna is concerned with us his love is changing our consciousness. That's Krishna's love. And we sometimes don't understand Krishna's love or a child doesn't understand the parent's love because changing someone's consciousness doesn't necessarily mean to spoil them. It doesn't necessarily mean to try to move the world around that person's desires. It's all about changing consciousness. And I'm gonna share the realization I had this morning again. And when your consciousness changes and you look back at your life, you really see Krishna's mercy. And you understood that it wouldn't have changed unless Krishna moved the world around you in a particular way. And that's what the law of karma means. The law of karma means that God witnesses you because God is also time. And then he makes circumstances to teach you the lessons that you weren't ready to learn by just hearing. And this is Bhishma Dev's instructions. 
no matter what happens to one, changing one's and elevating one's consciousness is worth the price of anything in your life that happened to you. So it's so nice with Krishna, he's considerate of the coward boys. He takes the rice with them, like, I'm going to eat, don't worry about this. Anyway, anybody like to share anything, have a reflection? I think sometimes a little tough is not like staying at Jamuna Jaya. Yeah. Hey, Valaraj, thank you so much for class. I, I love that reflection about um, God, supremacy, uh, God supremacy is only one aspect of who Krishna is. And I, I heard a little while ago, I think it was from Kula, Pradeep said it, and he was quoting somebody else when he said that being God is only one small aspect of Krishna. And I always love that so much, the, the godly part, that's only a, a tiny bit of it. And the rest is the relationship that you enjoy here. So I, I love these pastimes and you're reminding us of that. Thank you. I like how, I, I like how that was put. Hmm. God is only one small aspect of being God, actually. <laughs> right. But if you actually, if God means the supreme absolute reality, then it has to include the full range of love, which requires an intimacy, not a, very good. Okay, anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Do you have time for questions today? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, when Lord Brahma sold the cowherd boys, he was testing Krishna's godship, I guess. So how was that a test? Because if Krishna was ordinary, he'd be able to illusion Krishna. But he became bewildered. It's going to say in one part of the commentary something that's very, very interesting. It's saying when someone shows their power to someone superior, their own power diminishes like a flyer, firefly that is in the presence of the sun, you know, in the dark, it's very, very powerful. So if it gets pride and let me come out and show my light in the presence of the sun, then it be, its own power becomes diminished. And that's the story of human life. You, you have so many aspects and we have so much, whatever power we have and, it becomes diminished in the presence of Krishna's energy, of time, of, 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 of so many things. So that's what happens. He became the, the firefly compared to the sun. His whole power was diminished. So that's how it showed Krishna's supremacy. No, but he was, he was doing that as a test to see for himself, right? If if Krishna was God. So was his idea that, well, if he's God, he should be able to figure out where the boys are? Right, He exactly. He should figure out where the boys were. He should see what's happening. But it kind of mixed. There was many reasons that Lord Brahma did it. I was also, he also was thinking, I, I'd love to see some more of Krishna's pastimes. Let's see what he does here. He also had that sense. Mm -hmm. And also there, there's Krishna's own potencies that facilitate the Leela. The pastime is also facilitating Krishna marrying the gopis because that was the year when, when Lord Brahma took away the cows and calves, 
Krishna manifests as the cows and calves, including all the cowherd. He manifested all the cowherd boys. So that was the year that the gopis married the cowherd boys, but they're actually marrying Krishna because he was actually manifest as the cowherd boys. There were three sets of cowherd boys. The Maya that Lord Brahma took away. He didn't really take the real cowherd boys. The cowherd boys who were sitting there and all of a sudden became covered. And the cowherd boys that Krishna replicated. And by replicating those cowherd boys, he, he gave a chance to the, all the mothers to have Krishna as his son. He gave a chance to all the gopis to be married to Krishna. But, it, but, but, but they were thinking it was their coward. They, they, they were thinking it was ordinary coward boys because Krishna had duplicated them perfectly. Wow, that's neat. I, I didn't realize that he didn't actually take away the real coward boys. No, as Ravana couldn't take away Sita because it's Krishna's yeah. internal potency. And what we're going to see, the term used for Lord Brahma is that he's born from a lotus. So even though it's very spectacular, it's still material. And you can't dominate the internal energy by your own power. So it was actually Mahamaya, bewildered Brahma. And he actually took away the, the uh, uh, illusory cowherd boys. Okay, thank you, Gail. Anyone else like to say hello? Hi, Krishna Gumaraj. Hi, Bo, Tota. Okay, great. Thank you, Shori. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. No, Priya, she must be listening on another line. Most okay. likely, yes. I'm checking, though. Anybody else? All right, Krishna Gurmaharaj, Namaskar here. Wow, nice to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wonderful class. Thank you. Great. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Oh, I'd love to see your yeah. place always. Uh, okay. You're not in Govardhan today. Okay, Haribo. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. It's Missy. Hi, I love the class. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, Missy. All right. Wonderful. Anybody? Any, anybody else? Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. It's Arman. How are you? Hi. Nice to Arman hear from, from you. you after. I know it's nice Are to hear you? from you after such a long time. Yes, I hope I hope to meet you in Govardhan soon, somehow or other. We'll see. Yes. Okay. See you. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Gamaraj. Welcome, Linda. Thank you, Oh, okay. <laughs> I invited myself oh. over to take Darshan. <laughs> Okay, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm going. I, I'll, I'll tell them, but I, I have to go upstate when I come back. So, the Monday I come will have to be another Monday. We'll figure it out. Okay. 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 Yeah, we'll All right. Okay. Right. I will give you give you give give you more time to chant mantras and purify the house before <laughs> I come. Okay. Anybody else? Hey, hi, Bo. Where you headed? The beach. The beach. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy the beach. Hi, Bo. We'll Thank do you. chanting there too. Okay. <laughs> nice to see you, Jim. Okay. Great. Anybody else? Hi, Jim. <laughs> I'm here in Kali. <laughs> we will see you soon in Kali. If not soon, soon can be this year. We hope. 
You're in Buenos Aires or your place? No, no we are in our place. There. We're in Mar del Plata. You're back there. Okay. Yes, we are yes. back. Maharaj, thank yeah, you so I, much for for uh, all the tips around the uh, community. It's uh, they've been really helpful. It's it's the only way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Krishna the center. That's when there's problems, and that's always the struggle in life. Because we have this, we have this ego. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Myers. It's me, Kaylee. Hey, is that Kaylee from Salt Lake City, Kaylee? Yes. <laughs> okay. I will see your father soon here. We're all missing yeah. you. I know. I wish okay. I was going. Well, once a year, you have to come visit us. Okay? Okay. Okay. Maybe you call me this week. Okay? We'll okay, see how you're doing. Okay, that okay. sounds great. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, we'll end for today. Once we call the Jesus Shaka, this is the video.